Welcome back. The Hammer Down Show is on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Uh, make sure you download the 1017 The Hammer mobile app as well. We go to our Hammerhead hotline. We talk with Brian Tonsoni of Delphi Bracketology. Uh, if you've not heard of Delphi Bracketology, it is a uh, student group that is uh, in Delphi, obviously, because of the name, and uh, they do bracketology. Remember how you had chess club back in high school? They've got uh, bracketology club, and they're one of the most accurate over the last uh, several years, and that's why we turned them. And uh, Mr. Brian Tonsoni on with us here, who uh, helps run that club. Brian, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we're into conference play now, which you know starts to make this thing very exciting because you're getting more and more data. Yeah, the the resumes are starting to fill in, but thanks for having me first to off uh we're really uh, happy to to help you guys out and, and and talk some basketball but the resumes are filling in conference play and and teams are, are moving up and moving down and and we enjoy sharing uh, what we know now you guys do have the show on isc as well right i mean that's the, that's something new uh working with our good buddy yeah. greg rakestraw and everything too the kids are getting out there and, and doing this stuff you guys just had a show what last night right yeah, we uh, we tape it on Tuesdays, and it either goes live Tuesday night or Wednesday night based on ISC's uh, Sports Network schedule. Thirty-minute uh, bracket talk, uh, and then we also do a, a live podcast tonight. We're going to be podcasting. We didn't have a show today; school was canceled uh, for some health reasons, and uh, we're going to do a show. And tonight's uh, show uh, live on our YouTube page will just be a meeting. We're just going to show people what we do and how we move teams up and down because we missed our meeting today. So. We try to um, do some podcasting, A, number one, to share with uh, listeners like your listeners and, and people who tune in about the bracket world and where their teams are. And, two, it's really good for our students uh, to get some speaking opportunities and some critical thinking opportunities. So we're on ISC, uh, a television show, and we, we have a live podcast as well. Which is all just absolutely true. And this is a great club. I wish they would have had something like this when I was a kid, man. But no, that, we're, we're back in the BCS era. Computers did all the work back then, Brian. Now it's all human that's stuff, right. which is kind of nice. All right, so let's get into what the Big Ten is, because that's what a, a majority of our listeners like. When we talked to you last time, we were worried about uh, what the Big Ten schedule was going to do to our favorite Big Ten teams, because uh, with the poor showing in like the uh, the Gavit games, we felt like that kind of took the RPI of the conference down a little bit, right? So where is that RPI kind of at for the conference right now? Is is it trending back up, and uh, where do they rank in the hierarchy of uh, conferences this year in the basketball season? Yeah, the the sorting tool uh, that the NCAU uses, um, the Big Ten was struggling when we first talked. Uh, the net ranking, whatever the metric rate rating, the, the formula is, I don't even understand what they put in it. Um, I just look at it. Um, the Big Ten was, was down, but they bounced back. And what's nice is that the top level of the Big Ten, the top four or five, are really good. Uh, and then you have some teams in the middle that are playing better right now. And so uh, the metric is, is moving in the Big Ten's favorite. As far as conferences, uh, the, the SEC is off to a, a really fantastic start. But it's Big 12, SEC, Big East, Big Ten, somewhat in that range. Those are all the best conferences uh, with the ACC being down this year and the Pac-12 being down this year. In fact, Jared, those conferences might only get three teams each. Uh, right now, it's just shocking how – how few teams in those conferences, they're likely to get maybe four or five, but still those conferences usually get seven, eight. So I think the Big Ten is not going to get as many teams in this year. They're looking at possibly seven 
and then maybe eight if a team like Michigan rebounds and gets some some big wins and moves back into the tournament where in the past it's been a conversation of nine or ten teams. So the conference has taken a little bit of a drop from previous seasons, but it's still very good basketball. And we have, you know, three, four teams in the top four seed lines um, on, on our temporary spreadsheet today until we have our meeting. Yeah. So the Big Ten's okay. It's just not as good as it has been. We're talking with Brian Tonsoni, Delphi Bracketology, on our Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, with your latest projections, do you have a Big Ten team on a one seed line at all yet? No, no, we don't. Um, and, and the one seed line is, is tough uh, in looking at it today, get, updating the data from last night's games. And then again, usually I like having our meeting today so we can definitively say to you who's on what line. Um, but we have 10 teams that are capable of having one seed uh, right now. And, and that includes the Purdue Boilermakers. And so depending on which committee member values which piece of data, you'll see Purdue anywhere from possible one seed down to maybe the top three seed uh, based on what you look at. Uh, if you look at strength of schedule, uh, Purdue's schedule is not as good as the other teams we're comparing it with. If you look at quantity of wins, it's right there at three quad one wins and two quad two wins. So it's it's really a jumbled mess. And, and again, on tonight's podcast with, with a couple of guys, we're going to try to iron out uh, how do we look at these 10 teams? But Purdue is the only uh, Big Ten team right now that I think you could really put on the one seed line. Uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, right behind it. Uh, we have them on the three seed line at the back end of a three seed line. Those would be next fighting for a one seed. Yeah, because that's hard when you look at the latest net rankings, uh, you know, which were updated yesterday. I got it right in yep. front of me here. I mean, you get some real albatrosses in there, like Houston at number four right now. Uh, they're fourteen and two, but those two losses—they're zero and two. They don't have a quad one win yet. You find them up at number four, then you get a team like Villanova that's four and four in quad one. Nobody's played eight quad one games. Um, right. So yeah, so I, I see where you're talking about here, where uh, you kind of have to take a, a good ten team sample size here to determine. And then figure out what do you value the most? Do you value the number of uh, quality games you're playing? You know, i.e. the schedule. Do you do you uh, say, hey, it's the best wins? Is it the worst losses? Um, it just this seems like there's a lot of parity in this this year, and, and nobody's really kind of sticking out so far. That that is absolutely correct. I'll take a team like Texas Tech, who since the new year turned has beaten the number one Baylor Bears and Kansas. So you know, those are two outstanding wins. And then they also, you know, with this COVID issue, Texas Tech, and they have three losses. And I think a couple of them, they had some, be- some of their players out. Um, so, you know, how do you calculate that in? That's going to be interesting as we go down. Uh, a lot of teams have either had cancellations or maybe a player or two out. So Texas Tech has come from seven seed range now to a possible one seed. They're part Ooh. of that 10-team mix. Um, and so, you know, a couple good weeks there for Texas Tech. And that's why, as Purdue fans and our, and our listeners here in our area, you know, you're a couple big wins or a four-game winning streak from really moving you up in that comparison of those ten teams. That's why, you know, we don't need to get too bothered by a loss or too excited about an individual win. It's just an accumulation uh, of wins at any time. Right now, Texas Tech has, has the mojo. But that doesn't stop, uh, you know, some other teams from from getting some quality wins and moving up. And Brian, you mentioned something there that I really hadn't thought about: is how does the committee take a look and say, okay, well, if um, 
you know, you know, Purdue doesn't have Trey Williams in in this loss. How how do you weight that kind of uh, you know that that blemish onto a resume? And you guys really don't have a semblance of that because you we, we got to what with the bubble because we, we've had a year where you put together all this work and then you have no idea because we didn't have a tournament, right? Yeah, that 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 year and that ended in twenty, and then last year. Uh, the de- delayed start hurt the non-conference, so it's hard to compare teams because they didn't have similar number of games uh, played. So that was so. Yeah, it's been three years since we've had uh, a complete year, 2019, uh, with college basketball the way it was planned to. And now this year is starting to look a little bit like last year with cancellations and stuff. And really, you can't assume that if, if a star player is out, that the result would change. So it's got to st- remain a loss for that particular team. But in a situation like Texas Tech right now where they're 12-3 and three and you know that they play a couple of their losses, they didn't have full capacity. Then they beat Baylor. When they're full capacity, they beat Baylor and Kansas. The committee has to look at that. Um, they don't turn a loss into a win necessarily, but they do a little deeper dive than a lot of us on the outside who just look at the data. Uh, there, there are some nuances that the committee knows about and talks about that we're not privy to. And we have tried at Delphi Bracketology to keep track of as much of that as possible uh, because we like being as, as accurate as possible. But that is going to play a big a big role in, in some of this. Like Michigan, uh, they played – their schedule was Purdue. Um, Mich- or they were supposed to play Michigan State, Purdue, and Illinois, and, and those are three tough teams. And that either could have moved Michigan up if they got some wins or, or put them out for good if they lost. So – it's going to be interesting to see you rescheduling. All of that comes into play. Brian, you wouldn't be suggesting that maybe a couple of guys for Michigan, key guys, might have been out into a strong stretch that could have possibly put them outside the field and, uh, you know, maybe some shenanigans I, in there. You're not suggesting that at all, are you, Brian? As a professional and as an educator, uh, absolutely not. Um, but that was the whole <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was the right. whole reason, Jared, you know, I'm trying to remain some professional integrity here. Um, that was the whole reason they put the forfeit stuff in at the beginning mm-hmm. um, because they, they wanted they wanted people to do everything they could to play. And, again, I know that's a hot topic and we won't get into whether people should be vaccinated or not be vaccinated. But the NCA wanted people to do whatever they could to play the games. And so they said, if you don't do everything and you have to cancel, then you're going to forfeit until this new variant come around. But, um, yeah, I'm not suggesting that, but it is, it's either a good pause, time for a pause, or a bad. It can be bad, too. Like, if they had turned it around and won two out of those three, they're back in consideration. Yeah. And if you can't reschedule that, then Michigan loses an opportunity. If you come back and play Northwestern and Maryland and Nebraska and get wins, those wins aren't going to matter as much as your possible wins against Michigan State. So it could be either way, depending on how you want to look at it. All right, so you said, uh, last question, you said before uh, we're talking about teams in the Big Ten making it, and you said you were talking about about seven or so. Give me the teams that you feel like are on the bubble right now for the Big Ten. On the bubble right now is Iowa and Minnesota. We have both of them on the bubble and in. Uh, Indiana is not safe, but their two wins, the win against Ohio State was a quad one win. Notre Dame, uh, one of their wins is now playing really well who's also in the state of Indiana, that's moved up to a quad two. So Indiana now has three quad one and two, and that compares on this bubble. We have Indiana as an eight seed, which is safe for now. But they're not – none of these teams are, are a lock to get in because there's too much basketball to be played. 
But the two teams that really need to win are Iowa and, and Minnesota to stay in the bracket. So, um, yeah, outside of that, Northwestern has, has lost some opportunities and close losses, and Michigan at 7-6 and six is really on the outside looking in. Michigan's the only team we think that might be able to work its, its way in, and we do think one of those teams in the Big Ten will likely fall out. I love this time of the year where we all kind of talk ourselves into Northwestern might make the tournament, but we all know that train's not late. It always happens. But we do this every year at the end of December and January. Go, hey, you know what? Maybe Northwestern's got a – they really – yeah, last night should have showed you that it's just not happened. Brian Donsoni, Delphi Bracketology. Again, you said the YouTube thing tonight. uh, Folks can search for Delphi Bracketology. What time do you guys start that tonight? We generally try to get started about 7.30 on Thursdays. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Delphi Brackets. We put out uh, a notice of going live. And um, if you miss it, uh, we're on Spotify and iTunes uh, the next day and also on our website, DelphiBracketology.com. We post uh, the video version of that as well. And hopefully a new bracket this afternoon. Or tomorrow we'll come out with the seed list, so always check um, those sources. I'm so happy you guys have grown this into what it is. I mean, you guys were literally the most accurate bracket in America several years ago. And out of, I don't know, a couple hundred people to do this kind of stuff. And then uh, to, to see it, to grow into like the podcasting, the club gets bigger, the TV show and stuff. I, I couldn't be happier for you guys and the kids. I, it, it just, it's fantastic. It really is. Thank you, Jerry. We appreciate your support.